0: All right, so uh, welcome to another episode of the Go With John Show. Today, we're here with Dan Aminoff with uh, Citizens One Mortgage. And Dan, you're a branch manager uh,
1: with Citizens One. So what what does that mean? So uh, I'm the branch manager of the Falls Church office for Citizens One. We're the home lending division of Citizens Bank, which is based out of Providence, Rhode Island. Mm -hmm. Uh, I've been with Citizens Now for just over three years. And uh, we have been growing here in the, in the D.C. metro area uh, all that time. Right. And, you know, just for the folks
0: listening, so there's a, obviously a huge Stanley Martin custom home connection. You're one of our uh, preferred lenders and have done a lot of, uh, mortgages uh, for our buyers, you and Mike Zell, over the uh, over the years. So uh, that's that's kind of how we know you
1: exactly. Yeah, uh, you know, Mike, uh, you know, luckily retired uh, this past July. He's enjoying the uh, enjoying the life down in uh, Wilmington. Yes, so, uh, I miss him. He's my phone a friend. Yes. So <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I miss him too. He's been uh, great yeah. to work with. You guys have both exactly. been great to work with. So t- guys, tell us a little bit about um, y- you know. Who you are, and how did you end up at uh, Citizens?
1: So I, um, I'm i originally from Southern California. Uh, I went to school at UC Davis. Uh, while I was in Davis, um, my best friend's father owned a mortgage company. So uh, he immediately hooked us up, uh, him and all his friends. Uh, we were working uh, for his dad's company. Right. So I started in the mortgage industry, believe it or not, when I was 18. And here I am almost 40 years later, uh, still, still in it. Amazing. Um, Over that course of time, I ended up moving back here to Virginia in 1998. So it brought you to Virginia. So my current wife. Funny how that works. Exactly. (laughs) So a friend of mine from California had moved here. Yeah. And um, uh, you know, knew that I was single, uh, and he was working over at Freddie Mac, and had a friend there who Mm -hmm. thought she would be perfect for me. Finally, coaxed me to come out here. Right, had a blind date. Wow, and the the rest was history. Wow, that's got to be some (laughs) sort of a record, right? So, a blind date from the west coast to the east coast. Exactly. And uh, a year later, I was I was living here and starting my uh, mortgage career on the east coast. Wow. So that was like pre-internet, right? It was internet was was around, but not much. I think we had barely functional, right? Maybe we had email, and not everyone had an email address. Yeah. But uh, it was definitely in the early days. Boy, the world has changed quickly, hasn't it? It has. Yeah, um, yeah. I was just talking to a friend today, actually, at, a, at another mortgage company. He was telling me that um, they've got some subset of loans now that never see a human. They It's all electronic. They wow. pull in the employment data. They pull in the deposit information. They right. run it through an automated underwriting system. and. Off right. right. it goes. Right, the W two. They grab everything. Yeah, because uh, there's so many databases these days uh, with uh, you know deposit information, employment information. They run it through the scoring model, and boom, you're approved. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Technology's come it's, a long it's way. It's come a long way.
0: Yeah. So so let's talk about so you you know one of the one of the things I think that's really I think. Generally, people understand mortgages, I think. I think our, our, our audience is is fairly well-seasoned. I think our our audience probably isn't—we're not—we don't have a lot of first-time home buyers maybe listening, but we, we do have some. But uh, we're really heavy in the, the construction-to-perm uh, space. And I, th- I think maybe give us, give us a rundown of how does it – just just kind of briefly, because we have had other episodes where yeah. we've talked about this. But kind of give us a
1: brief synopsis of how does a construction-to-perm loan work? Gen- yeah, generally, a construction-to-perm loan um- – Works uh, our our program's a one-time close. So what it does is it allows you to close one time. Mm-hmm. It builds in the construction part over 12, 15, 18 months, depending on how much time you need, uh, and then without having to do a second closing, converts from the construction phase to the permanent phase, mm-hmm. and is you know uh, fully amortizing over the remaining term of the loan. Mm-hmm. The attractiveness of it is you qualify today based on your current situation. We close you, and that's it. It's like Mm -hmm. a one and done type of thing. So Mm -hmm. whatever happens between uh, the time the house is under construction and the loan converts, doesn't matter. Right.
0: So, but you say it's a one time close, but is it really though? Is it? I mean, because don't you technically
1: have to do a close at the beginning and then uh, it's. the, the second part, when the house, when when the builder hands the keys back to the owner. Right. It's called a, a conversion. Right. So so that's just a tricky word for close, isn't it? it, though? But, it but it's really not a closing because there's no title fees. There's okay. no uh, transfer tax. Right. Basically, it, it's just a kind of a, a process where the buyer accepts the home from the builder. Right. Says, you know, we're good. Yep. And then keys go back to the homeowner. Right. They move in and... Everything is done.
0: Yeah, but then but when you call it a conversion, though, that's when they're really taking possession of their thirty-year fixed mortgage or their fifteen-year ARM or whatever it is you've decided is Correct. best
1: for so, them. yeah, so the timing, uh, yes, so the timing um, on the conversion also triggers the time when we convert it from the construction phase to the permanent phase. Right, right. So the first part of the loan is a is a line of credit. It's essentially a line of credit. Uh, the, the The borrower will pay interest only on the amount advanced at any given time. Mm-hmm. So, as you're going through and completing the house, you're mm-hmm. drawing more and more down mm-hmm. on the line that's set up for the construction loan, um, till you get to a point where you're done, um, and then you know that amount is the amount that converts over to the fully amortizing phase. Right. And the borrower just starts making regular monthly payments. Right. Uh, Uh, Right at that point. So, what happens at
0: the end, right? And and I think the more you know, one of the great things about me doing this podcast is I'm learning so much that I I had no idea how much there was that I didn't know. It's it's you don't know what you don't know. You don't know what. So. You know, I've, I'm, I'm learning that at the end of the, the process, different lenders require different things with regard to, like, for example, a RUP, right, a residential use permit, or some people call it an occupancy permit. There's a lot of different names for it. Right. But when you get to the end of the transaction and the house is nearing completion, what do you need at Citizens One to get the loan closed, and how do you guys handle that process?
1: So generally, um, what happens is you get to the point where you're pretty much done. Um, the builder will request what's called a final draw, right. which will be the remaining amount he needs to close out everything. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, um, typically the house is, is finished, and you can call the county and say, come out and give me an occupancy permit. Right. We'll also send the appraiser back out mm-hmm. to do a final inspection uh, to be sure that the house was built actually per the plans and specs that we had a year ago when we first closed the loan. Right. Um, every once in a while... We get some different houses that were built uh, because they changed things along the way and didn't tell everybody. But, yep. yep. Uh, so we send the appraiser back. So once we have the certificate of occupancy, the final inspection, and then um, the title company clears us of all mechanic, mechanics liens, Right. we're good. Right. We're, uh, we're done. and uh, the But that can take everything. some time.
0: So, that, it, so basically the house can be completely finished and done and sitting there, and nobody can really move in yet.
1: So it's all, it's, you know, as with anything, it's a process. Some of these things can happen concurrently. Some of them have to happen in stages. Mm -hmm. So um, it's best if the builder, uh, you know, the earlier they can request their final draw and know the date that they're going to have the, um, I don't know what you call it when you hand the keys back, but, um, you know, whenever that conversion date is, you know, a week to 10 days is typical. Right. And um, because... For us, and it's not the same with all lenders, we do want the uh, appraiser to come out and do that final inspection before we'll do the final date down on the title box. Right, right. So, um, that's where it gets a little hinky just because... Everybody's got their own... Yeah, we got to get get that in before we can do the next thing. Some people do it simultaneously, uh, but by doing that, you run the risk if, if a mechanics lien happens to hit between those couple of days before... Uh, you've got the title date down and you've turned the keys over back to the borrower, um, there's some potential risk. Right. 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 So. Right. That makes sense. So, so w-
0: what advice would you have for uh, people that are thinking about going into a, uh, a transaction like this?
1: So it's, it's, re- it really is, as you were saying earlier, it, it, it's really more for somebody that's a seasoned homeowner to, uh, Generally, you know, the demographics that I see are people that uh, have lived in their home for some period of time, mm-hmm. maybe five, ten years. Uh, they love the area, but they don't want to go through the process of having to sell their home mm-hmm. and try and buy another home, especially in, in the resale market that we're currently sure. in. Sure, sure. Um, so they love the location. Uh, they just, you know, their house is dated, or it's not big enough, or whatever number of reasons they have. Mm-hmm. So they look to um, a custom home builder right. to come in and either do a major renovation or a complete teardown and build them the house they want on their own lot, right. uh, which allows them to stay in the school district. It's Keep their friends in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. and it—you um, know—the biggest thing. I don't know what you guys have seen with design lately, but uh, you know, masters on the main are a big thing right now. Right. Well, you know, it's—it's <laughs> it's really funny you bring that up. I mean, the, the
0: main level master is um, a really tricky floor plan because there there are a lot of people that want them, and there are very few homes out there. They're very difficult to sell. You right. can never seem, it's sort of like dating, right? Right. There's never the perfect house on the market with a first floor master when you've got the buyer who wants a first floor master. So there is a there is a pretty good demand for building them. And I think as our population ages and exactly. as time goes on, it's- I think that market will be easier to uh, to tap into. But a, another trend, though, that I'm really seeing is a lot of people are doing a main level bedroom, right, with a full bath. So, so, so they, it
1: could so it could be a guest room exactly or, or so, uh, yeah yeah or they,
0: maybe they use it for an office but then if somebody you know if they're aging in do. place and now they can't get up and down the steps anymore they might convert it to a bedroom so down some the options. road it's yeah. kind of a backup but yeah it is it is a it is a it is a trend you know so but so from a financial perspective when somebody's getting ready because because to, to me I always tell people I'm really high level right I, I don't get into the detail because. You do that, you know, and everybody is unique and everybody has their own unique financial situation. But I tell people that the banks, and correct me if I'm wrong, um, are generally more conservative when they're lending money on on a construction loan. You've got to have a little more cash reserves in the bank. You need to be a, a little more of a stable uh, individual in order for the bank to feel comfortable lending you the money. And the, the reason I tell them that is because the bank is lending you money and then you're tearing down the asset that's there and you don't really have an asset to replace it for a period of time. So they want to make sure you're you're
1: stable and liquid. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah, John, that's 100% correct. So um, uh, you know, the, the unique thing about these construction loans is um, uh, that the people, you know, they, they um, you're right. I mean, we're we're gonna tear down the collateral. It's not gonna be there. So we want to be sure that uh, first of all, the people have the wherewithal to make continue to make the payments during the construction phase, mm-hmm. which are really just interest only. But they may also be renting a place mm-hmm. where while the construction is going on, mm-hmm. so they you know they have a little bit of an extra payment, even though it might be temporary. Uh, that's why we like to be sure they have some additional cash reserves. Right. Then you might just get on a regular resale or refinance. Um, the other thing about it is um, we do this one-time close thing. So we want to be sure that the people um, have stable employment because when it comes a year from now, when it's time to do the conversion, you know, we want to be sure that you know not much has changed, even though we can't do anything about it, but we just don't want them to be in a situation that's financially harmful that would lead to some other situation.
0: Right. So so let's just say, because I've run into this a lot, where somebody's gone online and they go to a mortgage calculator and they want to buy a house that's 1.3 and they put in their numbers. so and, and then they feel like, okay, well, I might just buy land and build a home and they're using that same data and it really gets complicated, right, to try to manage uh, people through through this process, but if somebody qualifies for a loan that's like 1.2 million on a conventional mortgage, and that's really the max that they're going to be able to do, do you have any kind
1: of a rule of a thumb number? What what might they qualify for in a construction loan? It you know it's probably not much different because again, people you know each have their own individual situations with other obligations, car loans, rental properties. Student loans, things of that nature. So, it's hard to, to just braid a a, a blanket, blanket statement. Yeah, yeah blanket I get statement. that. Yeah, but generally, yeah. I mean, they if they qualify for a million two on a regular loan, they should qualify generally for a million two on a construction loan. Um, you know, the the issue in the construction loan also is the equity piece, right? So they also, um, you know, again, if you have owned a home for uh, a substantial period of time, you know, you probably have some decent amount of equity in the home as is, mm-hmm. which will certainly go a long way to helping you, um, you know, for for a rebuild uh, in connection with uh, another home. Mm-hmm. Um, the, if you're looking to buy a lot and then do a build, um, you pretty much have to have 20% equity of the future value of the home. So right. th- even though the lot may be say 800,000 today, if the total project, um, you know, the lot plus the construction is a million six. Mm-hmm. You know, you may you may need four hundred thousand worth of equity as opposed right. to something much less. Right, uh, right. So, yeah. and your down payment on the lot is
0: applied to that
1: more, that, more or less. It more, gets kind of ex- murky because exa- yeah. it's it, yeah. I mean, certainly a portion of it is. Um, and uh, but again, you the say the twenty percent requirement is going to be based on the total project cost. Right, 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 right. So, Great. All right, we right, we're, gonna, we're gonna, Dan, we're going to take a quick
0: break. We're here with Dan Aminoff. He is the uh, branch manager of Citizens 1 in Falls Church, and we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. So uh, we're back with Dan Aminoff, and he is the branch manager of Citizens 1 in Falls Church. So we've been talking about construction loans, and we're, let's just talk a little bit more about construction loans, and then we'll go on to some other topics. But uh, what do you think are – some of the keys to having a successful transaction when you're building a custom home with a with a construction loan.
1: So the, the key, you know the main key is to is to pretty much know what you want up front. Um, so when you when you meet with the builder and you know maybe they've got a, a catalog of homes. You know once you've chosen the home that you want, um, the next thing to do is, is kind of the details, the finishes the granite, the Mm -hmm. flooring, um, try and do as much of those up front as you can. Uh, And if you can't, you know, at least know that you want to do hardwood floors so that we can build in an allowance for that amount into our cost projection. Right. Because we're going to do an appraisal based on the plans and specs, but we also, even though you may not be ready to do some specific, you know the outlets go here or mm-hmm. there or whatever we need to generally know what the house is gonna contain because we have to do our appraisal right and you know the more data we have to complete our appraisal the higher the value you're gonna get which makes it you know that much better for your transaction
0: right and I think that's one of the things we do at Stanley Martin
1: custom homes is we give
0: our buyers because it, it is really hard so yeah. I have I have built homes personally I have bought homes from builders personally over the course of my life. And it's really hard. I mean, I understand what it is to have to try to make those decisions. So I can take my own experiences, and and I have, and I bring it into the Stanley Martin program Where we give our buyers data up front, where, like you said, we give them the pricing for hardwood floors. So if they know they want hardwood floors, they have that pricing information right at the very beginning. So when they start their loan process with you, our buyers should have a really good handle on what they may want to spend on finishes. Doesn't mean they have to. Right but at least we have a good start and boy the whole design process once you start picking cabinets now maybe you don't want hardwood floors anymore right you you, you know so exactly so it's tough so
1: it's so it's tough so that way yeah exactly and like you say you, you know maybe they want hardwood floors in all the bedrooms yeah um you know that's fine uh and we could certainly account for that up front but at the end of the day if you want carpet that's fine because right. it's probably a lesser cost so, so the cha- <laughs> the challenge is you, you're, you're trying to figure out what
0: is going to be the total at the end of the transaction. And if you don't know if you want hardwood or carpet, then you don't know. And if you start with hardwood and you start with your uh, initial appraisal with hardwood, and then you build the home with carpet, now you've just devalued the home slightly, right? So it may
1: impact your your equity position. It, it, it could have some effect. Um, and... Uh, you know, the buyers, uh, or, you know, the the borrowers, um, yeah, they may, (laughs) (laughs) they may, you know, again, they, they may not know upfront, but if, if, if they can come up with a cost that, um, you know, we can work with, with, you know, X amount of finishes that allow us to get the appraisal done. Um, and then, you know, we can go from there, you know, in the scheme of things, um, you know, the type of granite you have on your countertops and some other things aren't going to, you know, be a huge mover in in the overall value. Right. Um, Things like a a completely finished basement uh, versus an unfinished basement. Yeah. Those will get you good dollar. Right. Square footage. Finish square 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 footage. footage. Yeah, will get you good dollar for dollar in terms of value. Uh, But that's – and people change their mind a lot. So, um, you know, for us, if we can get to a point where they can, you know, be comfortable with you know the valuation and the cash investment at the time we're doing the loan that will you know and we build in some allowances for some other things that will allow them to close right get the project underway yeah and then they can go to the design center and right. and figure it all out
0: but them. like you said earlier they should communicate with you right so if they start making some changes then
1: uh let Ex- let, let let you know A- exactly so if they for example the biggest one we seem to get all the time is um, like a, a screened in porch that they then want to enclose and make more of like a sunroom kind of a thing right well that's you know that that could involve some structural uh right. type things that you know you know will make a difference in terms of the overall square feet and mm-hmm. the cost and mm-hmm. all that type of stuff so if you make any of those changes while you're kind of have your loan in process we need to know about that. right right right
0: good good so, so let's that's 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 really good information on construction loans so are there any other lending tips or advice you, you you know let me just say my advice to anybody listening who's thinking about building a home get in touch with a lender and really start the process with your lender very early on i think a lot of buyers Get deep, deep, deep into the process before they ever reach out to a lender.
1: That, yeah, I would, I would agree, John. The, um, you know, the, the, there's two parts to these construction loans. There's, you know, the credit piece that you would have with any type of mm-hmm. uh, real estate loan, and then of course you have the project piece, um, which people are more focused on because you know they're building a house. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, they need to be sure that they have their ducks in a row on their uh, credit piece mm-hmm. you know that includes you know your pay stubs w twos tax returns, bank statements you know if if you get everything online and you haven't downloaded them or you you know you you don't know where to go to get them um, early on in this process is probably the time to start gathering those figuring items it to, out yeah. yeah. Get those things together, maybe put them in a, you know, in a shared drive of some sort, just, you know, keep them secure, uh, but, you know, have them ready to be sent to the lender when it comes time to apply for the law. Right, right,
0: right. Just good advice. Yeah. Good advice.
1: So let's talk a little bit about you. So,
0: <laughs> so what are your, so you're in a leadership role, obviously, at, at Citizens One. So what advice do you have for... Uh, folks that may be listening, we have a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to our um, show, and, and a lot of people that want to get ahead. What advice do you have for folks like that that may want to go into the banking industry?
1: Yeah, so um, the you know the key thing you know as with any business, as with any relationship, you know communication is always key. Mm-hmm. So um, and and be upfront with people about what their situation is. Um, you know from a lending standpoint. Uh, somebody comes to me and they want to build, um, you know, a three million dollar house, but they can only afford a one million dollar house. You, you know, you need to tell them that right. mm, this is kind of where you're at. Right. You know, you may be able to do this, 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 and this to get to the point where you can then afford a three million dollar house, but, um, you know, you're not there right now. Um, uh, oftentimes, like you were saying earlier, I mean, I'll get people that. You know, they spent time with the builder, they fully designed mm-hmm, this house mm-hmm. and they come to you know, me and I'm like, well, you know, I, you know, I don't know how you're going to do this because you will only qualify for X amount of a loan. Right. And if you don't have the cash to bring in yep. for the difference, it's, it's a problem. You know,
0: it's funny. It's a funny thing. <laughs> I, uh, I, I tell people this every day and it's the absolute truth. Everybody has a dream and everybody has a budget. And the dream is always bigger than the budget. It always. Is. It is. They, and, and, you know, the people that have really big budgets, like $2 million and $3 million, they have a $5 million dream. You know, your folks that have a million dollar budget or a million and a half dollar budget, they have a $1.7 million yeah. dream, right? So it's
1: the gap is a lot closer. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And... Um, so, uh, so yes, it makes sense to talk to a lender, you know, as soon as you're kind of engaging in this process. Plus, it is, you know, as we were saying earlier, it's a little bit different in terms of the qualification and the cash reserves and the yeah. things you need to have. So, yeah. uh, so we just want to be sure that, that that's all dialed in. Sure, sure, sure. So, so do you have any
0: um, keys to your success? You know, kind of shifting gears a little bit. <laughs> yeah. What 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 uh, what things have you done in your life that have uh, helped you achieve success?
1: The, the key thing is, is is being organized and having a system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, in in the mortgage business, it's it's you know fairly commoditized. So, you know, they're doing a loan today is not much different than doing a loan forty years ago. Right. So as long as you have a system and you know certain things happen at different times in the transaction. Um, and, and you make everyone aware of that. Yep. Every transaction will go fairly smoothly. Right. If you know if you're uh, disorganized and spread too thin, um, you're going to overlook something, and you know uh, all of a sudden everything's going to fall apart. because right, It's, right, it's right. like a house of cards. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. I get so it. So the, the you know my key is to stay organized, stay on track, and, and be able to track everything individually right Mm -hmm. fantastic so Dan
0: is there anything else you want to add uh, before we close out the episode
1: you know John I mean it's 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 a great market to be doing loans in Um, you know the the DC market has been my my home for almost 25 years now and uh, it you know the one thing that never ceases to amaze me is the amount of uh, cash that's in this marketplace it is unbelievable um, it is surprising you know, yeah. when, when people tell me they've bought this lot or bought this house for you know north of a million mm-hmm. two million in cash uh, it never ceases to amaze me yeah so yeah I, I yeah. agree with you
0: and you, you you know you don't yeah you don't know what you don't know I said that earlier in the episode yeah. but uh, it's uh, It is uh, when you get into the real estate uh, industry in this in this market. And I mean, you're 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 almost the capital of the free world here. I think we still are. You 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 do run into a lot of surprising uh, situations and people. Mostly good. Yeah, mostly good. And, uh, and for those that need financing, you know, we're, we're here to help them. So Fantastic. Yeah. Well, Dan, thanks for coming in. We've been chatting today with Dan Aminoff, uh, branch manager of Citizens One Mortgage with, uh, in Falls Church, Virginia. And uh, you can contact Dan through our website. We'll put the information online. So, Dan, thanks for coming in.